Well, hello, everybody. Greetings to you. This is Michael, and and who's with me? And uh, this is Malong from Cebu, Philippines. Uh, yeah, and this is Eminem. Eminem stands for Michael and Molong. Eminem podcast number two. And uh, today we're going to be discussing the third kingdom. You might say, what is the third kingdom? Maybe you've never heard of it. Well, you probably haven't because I just invented that name. But anyway, we're going to discuss that tonight as we go. But just as a kind of an introduction here, I, I, I believe that I, there are three Gospels that I hear today. First Gospel is the Gospel of Legalism, wherein that most of those denominations preach a Gospel of grace, that you're saved by faith through grace and not of your own works. But then once they get you in the boat, then they tell you you got to do all these works to keep your salvation. Mm. But then on the other side of that coin, there's the gospel of hyper grace, where they also say that you're saved by God's grace and his mercy will keep you saved. So you can go and you can just live your life just any way that you want and do what you want to do. As long as you show up for church on Sunday with your tithe and make sure it gets put in the basket. But Molong and I believe that there is another message, and I called it the third gospel. But it's the message that Jesus preached, the message that Peter preached, the message that Paul preached, and all the other disciples of our Lord preached and not only taught but practiced, lived it in their life. And that's what we want to talk about on this podcast tonight. And so basically this is what it is. God's grace makes it possible for you and for me to hear the call of God in our life and to come to Jesus, to, to accept who he is and what he said he came to do accept that sacrifice that he made for us, and to be made clean, to be washed again by the, the, the water of the word. And in so doing, your spirit it becomes born again from above, and his present grace in your life gives you the ability to live the life of a kingdom kid. You know, every time God makes a command of us, he also gives us the ability to do whatever he's asked us to do. So it's not burdensome. It's not a hard thing. Mm. You know, Molong, I have not seen uh, written in the scriptures anywhere a definition of the kingdom. Do you do you know of any place where there's a, a definition of the kingdom of God? Uh, the, uh, the quickest or the shortest definition I've found is in the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, the art in heaven, holy is your name. And then it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's the quickest definition that the second explains the first. Your, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. Whenever 
the will the will of God is done that's where his that's where his kingdom will come ah that's good that's right so right that's his, his rule begins to to uh, be applied to your life and you, whatever circumstances you're in and uh, then Jesus also gives us many examples of uh, of what the kingdom is or how you can understand it uh, he, he tells us that the kingdom is like uh, a seed uh, that a farmer plants in a field or it's like a like a pearl of great price that uh, a man finds hidden in a field and he goes and sells everything that he has in order to buy that field to, 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 to gain that that uh, that pearl uh, another place he says it's like a coin that's lost or like a child that's wandered away or or a sheep that's wandered away or uh, the one that I like uh, that most preachers uh, all the time say that leaven is a bad thing but Jesus used it in a positive way mm. he said that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven when it's in in a dough and it spreads throughout the dough it's the smallest of seeds the mustard seed yet birds come to roost in it and uh or it's like a net cast into the sea so uh i i see so many applications to the kingdom of god that can be applied to our daily lives and uh, as we walk this earth and and live out the the calling that God has on each of us. Uh, what what's uh, tell tell me a little bit about your kingdom walk with Jesus. How, how, tell the people how that how, how that uh, plays out in your life. It's quite interesting when you speak about you know uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, what is it like? Like a seed, like like must uh, you know coin. And if you think about this, uh, the stuff that he's talking, it looks like the kingdom is hidden. That you have to seek out. Yeah. The lost, the lost coin, the, the seed is under the ground, you know. And then, no wonder Jesus is saying, uh, seek ye first the kingdom. He, he didn't say to seek it out. It wasn't lost. It was just hidden, or there are secrets of the kingdom. And so, what interests me also as well is that he said, uh, "Seek ye first the kingdom," and it didn't say, "Seek ye first the king." So I true. once asked a disciple here, uh, "Why does it say, you know, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom,' and it didn't say, seek ye first the king?" And then uh, he said directly that. You know, when you found his kingdom, you will found, you will find the king. And I said, like, oh, okay. So that means when you found the place or the people who live the kingdom life or his rule or his will is done, that's where you will find the king. That's good. That's so true. So true. So, so for. For me, if we want the if we want the kingdom of God to come into our life, then His will must be done in our life. If we want the kingdom of God to come into our family, then it must be the will of God that will be done in your family. If we want the kingdom of God 
will come in our workplaces, then it must be the kingdom, of, it must be the will of God that will be done. So wherever his will is done, that's where his kingdom will come. Yes. So we cannot just do what we want to do. We only do what we ought to do. That's right. That's right. What the king, we live in his kingdom. It's not our kingdom. So uh, he, he's Lord and master. He's ruler. And uh, that's, uh, that's the way our lives are ordered. But I, but I like what Jesus said, though, that uh, his yoke is not hard. His yoke is easy. The yoke that he places upon his disciples is an easy yoke. It's a, it's a, it's a welcomed thing when you begin to understand it. And uh, I want to give a little shout out for my wife today because she had to go to the doctor. And uh, this was a, a, a lady who was interviewing her because Elaine was healed from cancer. And uh, this lady wanted to use her testimony and uh, to be able to work and help other people. And they went to lunch together. And she uh, was able to share with her about the, 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 the gospel of the kingdom, which has to do with making disciples and, and, and healing. That's uh, the children's bread. That's what belongs to us. And so she said, uh, she told her all about um, a healing conference that we had gone to recently and, and explained what we believed about uh, the Lord Jesus and his, his, his commission to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So she just gave her a little gospel testimony at lunch today and talked with her about how the Lord had healed her and how he wanted her to go and uh, do what he said to to lay hands on the sick and heal them in his name so i was very proud to hear her testimony when she came back home today and that made me start thinking uh, what are some of the characteristics what are some of the things that you notice about kingdom people what what are some of your thoughts how do you how do you distinguish a, a kingdom person from somebody who's not? Ah, uh, personally, I I have I have changed a lot when I thought about uh, being in the kingdom. Uh, I have I have changed my uh, the way I see God. Uh, yes, he is the king, but uh, I didn't sort of resonate with 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 that kind of uh, of uh, you know name. So when I when I'm thinking about that Jesus is the king, that means I am his you know subject. And so one thing that was changed in me is the way I pray to you know God. Before I just you know speak and just you know talk you know it's it's fine, but but now the way I pray I I normally just say just you know sit down and just wait and just and then I only have one question to God whenever I want to have time with with God and I would say what do you want me to do no uh, and then show me your ways. And if God won't, you know, tell me anything, then I will just 
go back to sleep or do something and then I'll go back tomorrow and we'll ask again. So when it comes to God's stuff, I won't do anything unless God told me to do something. If not, then I would just go on doing my normal work like gardening and cleaning and helping people normally, serving them, and then that's it, you know? It's, it's, it's a life that's, that's, that, that will not touch anything about God's stuff. You know, church today has a lot of human fingerprints. So the body true. of Jesus yeah. has a lot of human fingerprints, yes. you know. Uh, yeah. I want to do this, I want to do that, you know. I've heard the story that Jesus went one time to the doctor and had a, you know, checkup. And the doctor said, you know, your face is fine, but your body is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look good, but your body is just, just lots of human fingerprints that wanted to do what they want to do in the body of Christ. And I've heard a missionary came over in our city and just asked a question and said, like, uh, how many churches in, in the city, in Cebu City? And they named this number. And then the guy said, like, oh, uh, Jesus, you know, body was so divided. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a kind of life that 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 loves to to obey God. I would liken it to Joseph. I was just reading about you know Joseph and Joseph has this swift kind of obedience that whatever God told him to do, he would just do it without asking too much questions. And. Uh, he wanted to to not marry uh, Mary, but then the angel said, no, marry her. And then he did. And then when Jesus was born, he said, he, he, was, he was told by God to go to Egypt, and then he just, he just went to Egypt. He didn't ask too much questions. And uh, when the angel said, go back now, and then he go back. And then he could have he could have asked you know questions like what should I do there I mean like for how long am I going to do there because he was not told that uh, you will be back for two years right so he just he just went and he didn't ask too many questions and if the angel could have uh, respond to him of his question like what should I do there the angel could have said uh, I I don't know you are a carpenter and why don't you Maybe build a house there or something and make a garden. Maybe I I do not know. All I all I'm saying to you is go to Egypt and stay there and wait for my signal again. Yeah, and I think and so. so sometimes in other I, words, yeah. Sometimes I think yeah. when we ask when we ask follow up questions, those are questions of of doubt and unbelief. Uh, you know, we got to have all our ducks in a row before we're going to do anything, God. But uh we we don't need to do that we just need to do what he says yeah yeah you're, you're right uh you've been it's like uh zacharias the father of john the baptist right when when he has this 
one question and then the angel said, oh, because you, know, you didn't believe you will be mute for a year. <laughs> We're going to hear your voice for a while. <laughs> I mean, like, wow. I mean, like, we, we really have to be careful to ask our questions. You know, people who don't know how to ask the right questions, no kingdom secrets will be given to him. Amen. That's right. I, I still agree with that. And then Joseph, here he is in uh, Egypt for two years. And then after two years, the angel said to him, like, uh, uh, you go back now. And then whatever you're building there, uh, let somebody else finish it. He didn't ask too many questions again. Then he just went back. So it takes, it takes, it takes a kind of man who has a swift, obedience because it needed a quick response to what God has told him and that must be Joseph if not Joseph then the story of Jesus being born on this earth will become will be will be in trouble so uh, if God could have given us a list of things that we needed to do for 10 years he could not have given us his Holy Spirit to hear him because we know what to do. Yeah, so, we'd have it all figured when, out, wouldn't we? Yeah. So when it comes to God's stuff, we ask God. But if when it comes to just normal things, we just we just do it. You know, we just we just prepare ourselves. And then uh, it's 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 funny in my community here with about twenty people. I rented uh, four homes with some you know children orphans and some widows and some families and we have dinner together also every day we do things together carpentry uh making hammocks planting and then it's quite normal you know on the daily basis that uh the main thing here is to learn obedience in detailed way what i mean is that uh when i said to someone like uh uh, can you water five plants? And then the guy watered 15 plants. And then I said, why did you water a 15 plant? And they said, like, oh, it's dying and it's dry, you know. And then I said, like, I do not care. What I care is that you listen to the instructions, only five, because what would be the difference if I will let you go to the shop and buy five plywoods and then you bought 15? So... Very it's good. not that thing that I wanted you to do. It's the obedience. It's the kind of obedience that knows how how to obey in a detailed way and then in a quick way, in a swift way. It's like it's like uh, you know. Sometimes I would say, "Bring me a chair," <laughs> and then the guy said, "Like, uh, uh, what color? White, the green, or the red?" <laughs> <laughs> what kind? And I said, like, I do not care, just bring me a chair. In other words, the guy knew what to do, exactly. But then he wants to buy some minutes to delay it so that he couldn't do anything. It's just like us. Sometimes that's the very reason that we ask too many questions, because we don't want to obey. We, we know exactly what to do. We are told by God what to do, you know? Go go to a ball and then you say like oh should i take a train or a plane or a boat <laughs> and god said i don't care <laughs> just go yeah and just go 
unless I will disturb you to to ride here and there, then you know that's it. But if not, just just go and get the job done quick. <laughs> you know, there's that's that's good because that's uh, learning obedience to the uh, to hear God's voice because. Uh, We've been told that we have his spirit and his spirit is in communion with our own spirit, speaks to us, directs us, guides us. The spirit of Christ is within us. And uh, it's just listening to that voice and saying yes. Uh, without without uh, coming up with all kinds of uh, other things. Uh, I have something else that I want us to talk about. You know, one of the things that Jesus uh, said that uh, I think about quite often because I have children and grandchildren and uh, they're very special to me, but Jesus said that unless you become as a little child, you, you, can't, you can't come into, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. And and I I understand that to be hu humility. A, a little child is is a humble being. They they are they're listening to their parents. They listen to those that are have authority over them. And so in the church today, it's very rare to see humility amongst those who lead a flock or, or, or overseers over a flock. Uh, there are some, and I'm not saying that there's not, but there are many who, I'll give you an example. I was at a healing conference one time and it was a world-renowned guy who was a healer. Mm. And um, he had called people up to the altar for prayer and healing. And there was a lady who was um, infirm, and she was having a difficult time getting to to the front. I mean, she was she was doing, trying her best to do what the man told her to do: come to the front. And she she was confused, and she got in the wrong line. And he he yelled at her and says, "Take that lady and make her sit down." She can't follow instructions. Get her out of that line. That doesn't sound like humility to me. That sounds like, I mean, what you, what you just said about following instruction is, is, is right. I agree with that. But they must be given not as dictatorial, not as lording it over somebody, but as, you know, in, in a gentle way, in a kind way. Jesus was Lord and Master and King, but mm. he was also our brother. He was one of us. He came, be, became one of us, and he, he was a servant of all. So we, we must, uh, you know, we've got to lead people or disciple people with a servant's heart. Mm. Uh, you agree? Ah, yeah, sure, pretty sure. And uh, the the problem also is the atmosphere. It's an organizational authority. 
that we mostly use in our churches. It's not based on relationship. So that's quite hard. <laughs> yeah, the people are not spirit led. They're they're leader led because they mm. they they. They, they go to meetings, they sit, they take notes, and they close their notebook and take it home and probably never open it or look at it again anyway. But um, they, they only do what their pastor said. Well, my pastor is a man of God and I must listen to him. Well, you have the, 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 the mind of the Spirit. Uh, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 says, But the natural man... Mm doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned or comprehended. But he <laughs> he is a judge of all things. And, and no one can mm. judge him. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, people, uh, the, the Scripture says, no man has the mind of the Lord but there's a but. There's a but in that in that uh, verse. It says, but, "But we have the mind of Christ." So, therefore, if I have the mind of Christ, I have the capacity to know all things that God has freely given to me, to all of us, and uh, we need to open our hearts and our minds and begin to renew our minds. To the things of God, to the Word of God, and, and and what is the Word of God? Yes, it's the written Scripture, but it's also the living Christ, His Spirit that is within us. And as we commune, our spirit communes with His Spirit. He's going to reveal things to us. We don't need any man to teach us. Now, some people say, "Well, what about uh, the 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 fivefold ministry that the apostle, prophet, pastor?" Teacher, you know, there's teachers within the body of Christ. Well, that's so true. There are teachers, but the the, the institutional traditional church of our day has taken that to the point to where you you can't know the mind of God unless you hear it from me. And that's simply <laughs> that, that's simply not the truth. Uh, and, and I know that you you you've experienced those things too. <laughs> when when I was uh, struggling about the church and especially my house churches for eight years before, because I trained leaders, you know, the John Maxwell way, Rick Warren, uh, Bill Highbills, you know, and then uh, it's it's good. You you will have a good feeling of having leaders around you, you know, <clears throat> and then finally I get so tired and then I said, Lord, I am done and I don't, I don't like what I see and I don't, I don't like this feeling anyway. And so, well, in the middle of it, of finding out about making disciples, I asked God, uh, I got two questions anyway. One is how to make disciples, Lord, and then second is that, should I train leaders? And that's a very specific question of mine to the Lord because I was so struggling about leadership, you know. And so I said, should I train leaders? And God said to me, no, directly. 
Uh, and then I said, why? No explanation. <laughs> and then later on, I understood that, uh, you know, when we think about kingdom, Jesus is the leader. We are all followers. And we are all spirit-led. So uh, you cannot tell me what to do or else you will be led by me. I will be led by you. Yeah. And I cannot tell you what to do or else you will be led by me. So we are only taking men to Christ for him to be discipled. So we are only, uh, you know, pushing, pushing. Uh, a good example for me here is there's a guy uh, here doing some gardening at the back of our house and I'm doing some uh, some. Uh, something in the front of the house. And then he came to me and said like, hey, Molong, what does it mean to deny yourself? And then I said, why? I said like, while I'm pulling weeds in the garden, God said to me, deny yourself. And then I said, mm, okay, so uh, what, what, what is in your heart? What is in your mind? What are you thinking? What are, you, what are your feelings during the time? And then I said, oh, I'm thinking about my parents. My mom and dad and my family, and then I said, "Oh, okay. So, why? Uh, 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 maybe this 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 will resound or resonate in your spirit that uh, Jesus said, he who loves mother, father more than me is not worthy of me.' Mm. And so that's a you know conversation. Said, oh, okay. And then uh, what I what I mean is that this is this is relational discipleship, not traditional." If it is traditional discipleship that is based on leadership, I could have said, oh, deny yourself that is found in Luke uh, chapter blah, 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 and then this, this is the story about, and this is what Jesus means. And so that won't be uh, relational, right? No, no. So that's, 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 that's leading the person rather than guiding the person or helping him how to love Jesus more. So I learned a lot, yeah. So we have to recognize that, that each person has the spirit of God and the mind of Christ. And, and you know, and, and perhaps that's exactly what the Lord was speaking about in the scriptures when he, you know, we're talking about teachers within the body of Christ, but they don't teach from a platform or, you know, a, a class setting, a situation like that, a conference room. It's teaching through through uh, relationship, through working with people, and uh, when issues come up, you can you can talk about those things and uh, direct and guide them towards towards the Lord, and to get them to help you know help open their spirit to hear the voice of God. You know that I, I read a a verse today that. Um, I had mentioned to you yesterday in Hebrews chapter 4 and this is from the Passion Translation which is a new translation that I really do love but it says this it says for we have the living word of God which is full of energy like a two-mouthed sword and as I looked in the notes I thought what does that mean a two-mouthed sword and it says like it's the mouth of God and the mouth of the person speaking the same word. Oh, wow. And it will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts 
and secret motives of our hearts because our soul and our spirit are the immaterial you know parts of our person that makes us who we are and the joint and bone and marrow are the physical parts of our existence but all of these combined makes us human and so god's word uh, has the ability to uncover our hidden aspects and and uh, thoughts and make them known you know and <laughs> theologians for years i think have argued over what the true meaning of the phrase the word of god mean means and, and i don't know what the answer is to that but i think it can be the the living word of god it could be the spirit of christ it could be the revealed will will, will of god the, the, the spirit of jesus the written word but since jesus is the word and the word manifest on this earth well, i don't know what difference it makes the word is the word whether we're talking about jesus or what's written in the scriptures but uh we we have those we have that spirit within us and and even even a babe in christ is able to discern those things if their mind is focused on jesus and serving him and listening to those who work with them and teach them and walk with them and lead them jesus worked with his his disciples for for three years uh, it's, you know sometimes it takes 15 or 20 years <laughs> to, 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 to get some of the people to do what his did in three, uh, I don't know. Uh, another, another thing that I see about uh, another characteristic of a child of God who's who's living the kingdom life in in relationship with other people is that uh, they exhibit the fruit of the spirit. Uh, yeah, we all get mad. We all lose it sometimes. And uh, John says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. But uh, we have an advocate with the Father. And uh, the fruit of the Spirit, though, love, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering. Oh, that one, patience, 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 patience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, you know, and... From his writings to that church, we know about the the gifts of the Spirit, but but they were actually probably the most carnal church in the in the New Testament scriptures. They were <clears throat> babes in Christ. They were fighting. They were Paul says you're just like the 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 unregenerate, like the heathen in this world. You do things that even they don't do. <clears throat> but um, he's he's trying to admonish them not to just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And uh, Jesus taught a big sermon on the, on the mount one time, and told us how 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 it how the cow eats the cabbage, you know how how to how to live this life, not just be hearers but doers of this word. And uh, like I told you yesterday, uh, keep the one before the zero, you know. <laughs> I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me, nor nor other gods before me. 
So if God is the one, you can put all the zeros you want to after that one, and it doesn't diminish God. But when you put when you put the zeros in front of the one, then they become more important than he is, and you make him less in your life. And if he's less in your life, you're going to have less of his spirit leading and guiding you. But... Uh, that that commandment is not the great suggestion. Is it's the great commandment? Keep me first. I am your God, and uh, I'll have no others before me. So uh, I know that your 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 walk over there is a little different than what mine is here in the states, and uh, I uh, in a lot of ways I uh, I covet the uh, lifestyle that you have. Because um, you have you have a basic community to start with to begin to disciple people, and uh, it's just not that way in most most of the United States. Uh, so many people here, uh, yeah, it's, uh... you know, they come to Christ and they get. I truly believe they get born again. They're saved, filled with the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. But they have been taught that to live the Christian life, you must read your Bible and pray every day and go to church every Sunday. And uh, then you go home, and then if you're with some denominations, you might come back on Wednesday night. But uh, most of them don't even do that anymore. It's just once a week on Sunday, and then go do what you're going to do on Monday with not any fellowship, any relationship that's meaningful. I mean, they may sit by people in church and know those that they sit by, but, mm -hmm. but there's very little communion with those people outside of the building. So, so why don't you share, yeah. with, share with our listeners a little bit about how, how you live your life there. One day we... We were uh, rooming around in the mall, and um, I saw this old friend who is a pastor. He's a father, and whose son also is a pastor. And um, he said to me, "Hey, Malone. Hey, Pastor Malone. How are you? Yeah, fine. And how was how was how was church?" I said, "Like mm, fine, you know, <laughs> because I know what they mean." And then and then when I, Seeing them, they are wearing this long sleeve and neckties and very, very formal. And then I said, like, uh, why, why so dressed up? And then uh, we just came from church. I said, like, oh, it's Sunday today. I mean, I, I really forgot. I didn't know what day. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, oh, it's Sunday. No wonder they ask how was how was the church. And then so finally. They ask, so how's the church? It's been a long time. And then, so I said, you know, directly, oh, I've I, I, I changed a lot. We don't, we don't have church buildings and names and leaders and church services and Bible study and prayer meetings and programs and this and that. And all their eyes just, you know, stare at me and just like, what's going on? And then I said, but what we, but however, what we do is, you know, we make disciples to the person and we baptize them directly. 
and then after that we try our best to you know to have a daily relationship with them and then doing things together if they can live with us for a while it's fine so we are a sort of community that's uh, uh, doing cooking together uh, washing clothes together gardening together sewing together doing making tables together and then that's where our Bible study you know, going on, like we ask a question, what have you read today? Uh, who did you help yesterday? Did you buy some banana for one of our widows? Uh, did you read a book yesterday or last night? What did you understand? Have you had dreams last night? Maybe I could help interpret it, you know. And then suddenly he said, oh, you guys are living. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, it's living already. And then I said, what, what do you mean living? I mean, like, you guys are living already, you know, Christianity. And then I was thinking to myself, I said, like, okay, this pastor understands that we are living. Why can't he? Why can't he? Why, yeah. Why can't he do that and keep doing meetings? That is why a friend of mine says, if you want to be family, Stop meetings because you cannot be family if you do meetings. Because families don't do meetings; they just meet a lot. They just meet a lot. And <laughs> and and no one is busy. You know how are you? I'm busy. You know because families does the busy things together. If you go to the market, I go with you. You go with me. If you travel, I will go with you. You go with me. So it's uh, doing things together and. Uh, it's uh, so I am an advocate of uh, living close, knit together, you know, as a body, not fragmented lives, not isolated lives. Uh, if 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 one cannot do that, then yeah, I still you're saved and you're a Christian, but I cannot build something with you. I can only work with you, but I cannot give all my time with you and effort with you and money with you. It's it's just don't work because we have been doing that for many, many times for many years. And still Christianity is in mediocre, you know, uh, stage. As is where it is. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, I, you know, that, that reminds me of, uh, uh, I, I call it Paul's writings. It's from Hebrews, but I, I really think that he probably wrote the book. But in, uh, I think it's chapter five where he talks about, you, you you need to grow up you know you you uh, some of you uh some of you ought to be teachers by now but but still you you're you're on the milk of the word you know you're still talking about all the different kinds of baptisms and the resurrection from the dead and you you're still talking about these things and he said you know you need to go on and and we're going to leave these things behind we're going to go on to perfection to maturity and to me once you have established the basic doctrines of christ in your life you you've taught these and 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 um, this you know and and shown them and displayed them to your children to your friends to your neighbors mm. then then it's time to begin to okay we we understand what it's all about now let's just live it Many, many years ago, it's probably been, oh, 25, 30 years ago at least, 
Um, I read a book, I, I'm trying to think of the, they cast their nets or something like that, but it was about an, uh, a church in Houston, Texas. It was an old Episcopal diocese that died. And there was mm. a man who came in and the building was still there. And he was a spirit-filled, spirit-led man. And he mm. began to gather the people in that neighborhood, uh, several block radius and begin to disciple them. And they, they became the family of God in, in that uh, seven or eight block radius. You know, they lived together, worked together, shared life together, uh, shared resources together, uh, baked bread and, uh, you know, everything of life that you would do. They did it together. And I thought, when I read that book, I was still in the traditional church. And I said, God, that's life. That's what that's that's the kind of life I want to live. And uh, it took me a while, but uh, eventually I got to that place and there's there is no going back. Uh, yeah, there's no going back. Yeah, you, your your life and mine do parallel each other in, in some ways. Mm. We were in traditional church. We mm. pastored church. We started home churches. But uh, even the home church model is is still uh, it lacks it lacks uh, it lacks the full definition of the spirit. I think I don't know how else to put it. But, yeah, yeah, that's sure, that's sure. that's that's good enough. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, when when. Sometimes I have some jokes when someone came and would say, Hey, Molo, how are you? How's your wife? How's your children? And then I said, Where were you yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> in, in other words, I mean, there's too much talk, you know, when, when you see each other weekly or <laughs> sometimes. But if you just live next door to me, you know, I mean, like, you don't have to ask those kind of questions because you're just maybe cooking together with my wife, baking together with the kids, you know? You know what's going Yeah. And then sometimes there's, 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 there's really some people who would say, uh, oh, you should not let your children watch, watch TV, you know? I mean, like, not always or every day. <laughs> and then I said, where were you yesterday? You know, I can give you the right to say that if you live close next door to me and have this one anothering that's very good uh that's of what the bible says i mean like i mean like it happens even in churches you try to uh check with someone and uh, rebuke someone then they would say come on we're only seeing once a week or twice maybe so and then you have the right to say to that about my life I mean, like, it doesn't work because our fellowship has no fellowship. It's not real koinonia. No. Where there is shared life together every day. And I've heard that in Jewish time, if you're a teacher, a Jewish you know, teacher and you have a student, uh, the student must spend five hours a day. Five hours a day to his teacher for three years. That's a long time. That's, uh, that's, that's a long time. And no wonder Jesus spends, uh, what, three years and a half with his disciples. And I was thinking if we only, if he, 
if he only spends 12 hours a day for three years with his disciples and we are going to follow that on our two-hour Wednesday night and Sunday morning, it takes 68.5 years for us to become disciples. <laughs> I did calculate it in my phone and I was shocked. No wonder. No wonder it takes for us 40, 40 years to, to mature. <laughs> That's why we only see old saints. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, if there is someone who would like to do the way we know church now i mean like go ahead but not with me go to other churches there's lots of them i can i can lead you to that and i can introduce you to the pastor who has the nicest preaching you know but but not to me sorry i won't i won't i won't do it there's there's too much already of of the kind of church that that you may like maybe yeah but not here so one 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 disappointment of some leaders and some pastors who would who would come or missionaries who would come here in my community is that uh, they are disappointed that they could not you know teach because I have no meetings because mostly uh, they don't know how to teach naturally while eating together, while doing things together. And most of them don't have skills because they don't come to, to make, you know, tables and chairs with some disciples. They come to teach. They come to do seminar. They come to do, uh, you know, conferences. They come to preach, right? Right. But then when they, and, but then when they, when, when they're here, they don't, they don't see anything. They don't see a pulpit. They don't see a building. They don't say see a sermon, they don't see a church service, so what can they do? And then, but then, uh, there's, there's, one, there's one guy, I, uh, he shared something about, about David and Goliath, you know, in the table during uh, dinner time. And then I said, oh, why don't you share that now to, to I mean, like, uh, here, here, you know, with some, with some, some, you know, members of my family here. And then I said, "Oh, maybe tomorrow, because I have to check on my notes." Oh yeah. And I was like, "And I was like, what? I mean, like, you cannot just speak naturally." So I was rebuked by God about you know teaching because I thought that the people won't grow without you know without teaching them. And God said to me, "You are that's how 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 picky you are Malone. you think that the people won't grow without you know teaching and what i mean by you know teaching is that one man show one man show yeah that's, that's yeah. what i did before and god is one thing to you know let me know that you know teaching happens every day as you do things together you talk about family you you talk you talk about children and school and it's 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 a whole package of life well, I, I have to believe that that's the way that Jesus did it too with his disciples. They, 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 they spent this time together. They, they walked from place to place. They, they sat down. They had discussions. Uh, occasionally, he would do teachings to the masses, but he spent most of his time investing himself in his men that he was training to go and do the same thing that he did 
one, two, three, four. I know you talk about generations of disciples, making a disciple, a disciple disciples another, and, and the process just continues. And uh, I, I, I so wish that Christianity could get that message and understand that message. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the, you know, Jesus' life, uh, when he preached, he preached to the crowd and uh, he speaks some, you know, parables without having an explanation. But then when, when he is with the disciples in one of the chapters of Luke, uh, he's, he speaks about explaining this, you know, parables. He's teaching the disciples alone inside the house. Yes, yeah. Normally. And then... Uh, they shared meals together. Yeah. Mary's and then they house. would walk on the hills and the valleys, and then he would see the grass, and then it becomes a lesson on trust. Well, yeah. <laughs> he would see the birds, and it becomes a lesson on faith. I mean, like, he, he's not making any discipleship materials on his own. He's, <laughs> using, he's using what his father has created already. No wonder... If we are so ignorant of God's creation, we cannot understand the kingdom of God. Do you know why? When Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a seed, my goodness, if you cannot understand seed, you miss it. Seed time and harvest. And yeah, harvest. I, mean, like, I mean, like, you can count the seed inside the tomato, but you cannot count the tomato inside the seed. That's right. So... One time we are planting a, a men's seed and we bury it about two inches <laughs> underground, under the soil. And then after that, we're just like, oh my, what did we do? I mean, like those seeds are very, very small. You can just put it on top of the soil and, you know, that would grow. But in two inches, I do not think so. <laughs> so we have no idea. And it's, that's when I realized, like, oh, the kingdom of God is like seed. If we cannot understand, see, sorry. You know, it's, we, we have a lot of oak trees. Uh, I don't know if you know what oak trees are, but we have oak trees here. Big, huge, monstrous trees. And one acorn falls to the ground, and if it germinates, it will produce one, just one tree. But that one tree will reproduce itself millions of times with the with the seeds that it drops to the ground and that's the secret to the kingdom it's not quick expansion it's not mass evangelism it's one on one jesus didn't get in a hurry uh, he took his time he invested himself in those that had a had an ear to hear and eyes to see and he said, I, I'm going to share the secret of life with you. I have a story of an oak tree. It's a big oak tree. And then suddenly there's a vine that climbs on his body and then going up. And then the vine said to the oak tree, he said like, oh, there you are. After a month, I can see your face on top of here. <laughs> <laughs> but you are... Uh, takes years and years to grow. Me? Oh, only a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the tree says to the vine, he said, like, yeah, but next month you'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good word for us to end on. We're going to have to be going because uh, it's time we uh, 
right. Can we bring this to a close? But I have enjoyed it, Molong, and um, uh, to all of you out there, we hope that you have enjoyed our uh, <laughs> ramblings here. And I want to say to you, if you have uh, things that you would like for us to discuss, uh, if you have comments, uh, if you have praise, if you have criticism, you can let us know. And you can reach me through my email, uh, coxmichael1943 at yahoo.com. I also have a Twitter account with my name, Michael Cox. Molong has uh, a few ways that you can reach him, so why don't you share those now, Molong? Uh, it's uh, Molong, M-O-L-O-N-G, dot Nakwa, N-A-C-U-A, at gmail.com, and uh, in Facebook also the same, and in my website is molongnakwa.com. Very good. And, uh, yep. Well, folks, we have enjoyed it, and uh, Molong, I wish you the, the, the greatest day that you've had in a long time, and I'm going to have a good night tonight because it is now 7.12 p.m. at my house. I guess it's somewhere after 9 o'clock at your house in the morning. Yeah. So uh, you have a whole day to look forward to, but uh, have a good one, and we love you guys. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And we wish you love, joy, peace, and grace from Father above.